Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour with your host, Sam Leibowitz. Good morning, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we've got a very, very special show for you today. Um, Before I begin, I just want to make a quick shout out to um, everybody who came out for the spoon bending workshop last week. It was really a wonderful, wonderful workshop. Um, uh, uh, Great new people come. There's even one person who had taken a spoon bending workshop with uh, somebody else. And uh, didn't bend in their workshop, but uh, somehow working through stuff, she managed to bend in, in ours. And that was just a wonderful thing to see. I think uh, we had about a 90% bend rate. I think everybody but one person bent in the workshop. And I'm sure that one person probably bent their spoon when they went home and uh, practiced. Anyway, um, hope you guys are doing well. I'm sure, of course, all week long you've been waiting for your quotes of the week from the universe and from Abraham. So uh, let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. From the universe. Random awkwardness, unexpected shyness, feared inadequacy. An occasional blushing are just a few of the signs that a giant is settling into their greatness. Fee-fi-fo-fum, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from the universe. And you know how I say how the quotes are always so apropos for our guests? Well, it's uh, very true today. Wait until you hear who our guest is today. And let's see what Abraham has to say. You are liquid love in physical bodies, wanting more than life itself because it is life itself to adore the vessel that's you through which this source energy flows. You are God. You are source. You are creator. Abraham. Ah, Interesting quote from Abraham this week. Um, I think Abraham trying to remind us of our power, just as our universe tends to do every single day. We have a tendency to forget that we are the creators of our experience. We are the creators um, of the world around us. And I think Abraham is trying to remind us that Yes, we're physical. Yes, uh, you know, things can feel hard and concrete. And yes, sometimes things don't feel quite as wonderful as we want them to feel. But that's not because of the external things. It's because we want to love. We want to recognize our own power. That we want to to express our love and our joy and our happiness in every single moment, regardless of what's going on. And why do we suffer? Why do we feel, oh, you know, I just can't take it sometimes? It's because we're not allowing ourselves to truly be present in any given moment, to truly express ourselves in any given moment, to truly... Um, be who and what we are. And that could be for a variety of reasons, societal programming, expectations, having been told that, you know, in order to be happy, you have to have this happen or that happen or, or this person has to do this or that person has to do that. And the truth is it's all nonsense. You know, we, we have a tendency to listen to our programming um, it's hard not to, it's how we're brought up. It's, it's what's imbued in us, but the more and more and more we come to recognize how powerful we really are and how we get to decide how we respond in any given situation, the less this programming has a hold over us. I'm not saying it's easy and I'm not saying it happens overnight, 
But what I am saying is, is that the more you recognize your own greatness, the more you allow yourself to be a powerful being, the more you will be powerful and the more you will be able to choose how you respond in any given situation. And even in the most horrid, even in the most awful, even in the most difficult of situations, we could, not saying we will, but we could choose a more loving, a more kind, a more patient, a more thoughtful, a more mindful response. Now, yeah, I know it, it's difficult in the heat of the moment. It takes practice. That's why these spiritual things are also often called spiritual practices because it's not about getting it perfect. It's about always continuing to practice. So I hope that even in your random awkwardness and unexpected shyness and feared inadequacy and occasional blushing, that you can love yourself through all of it. And I love everybody else. And when I say love everybody else, I don't mean you run around hugging and kissing everybody, though, you know, for some people that works. It's an internal thing. And you'll know when it's appropriate to express it externally. So those are our two wonderful quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. What a wonderful way to start off today's show, because today I have a very, very special guest who's going to talk all about his spiritual path in life, me. <laughs> I fooled you. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of people have commented about how I, uh, most of the time, uh, lots and lots of the time, I'm always interviewing other people and drawing out of them what their story is and, and, and their particular path, even though I may interject quite a bit during a, an interview sometimes. And people have been asking me about my own spiritual path. Why don't I talk about what I've been through? How did I come to be the conscious consultant? Where did I come from? So I thought, uh, you know, it's the beginning of the year. Why not start off being a little more personal? So uh, for those of you who tuned in, you're quite lucky today because you get to hear my story. And what's really interesting about my story is there's absolutely nothing remarkable about my story. In many ways, my story is all about making mistakes over and over and over again and trying to learn from each one of them. I'm just a regular average guy. I really am. There's nothing special about me. Brought up in a Jewish household in the Bronx, you know, youngest of three kids, parents fought over money, mostly what I remember as a kid. They, you know, there wasn't a... Uh, a happy marriage wasn't an unhappy marriage, but just the memories, because we tend to remember the bad stuff, not the good stuff so much. The memories are mostly of the bad stuff. Um, you know, and, and, and brought up uh, my father, um, both my mother and my father were pretty much secular Jews most of their life. But I don't know, sometime after my mom married my dad, my mom told me, you know, really towards the end of his life. And he passed away back in 78, in October of 78. Um, that towards the end of his life, maybe the last 10 years of his life, he became very observant, you know, very much became a, an Orthodox Jew, which he had never been before. And there are reasons for that. And I may or may not get into those later in the show. But... Um, so I, I, so while my brother and sister, older brother and sister, both went to public elementary school, public junior high school, public high school, um, I, my dad decided like I was the one he had to you know help to be a good Jew. So I was the one who ended up going to a Hebrew um, a private Hebrew school for elementary school, and it wasn't a religious school; it was more. Uh, a Zionist type school that, you know, is promoting going to Israel and the classes, they just, I mean, yeah, we had, you know, we were taught the Old Testament and we learned Hebrew and pretty much like half the day classes were in Hebrew and half the day classes were in English. 
Um, and, you know, was with a bunch of other Jewish kids from the Bronx. Uh, remember that old school, Kinneret Day School on Valentine Avenue. It's uh, no longer there, though it still exists. It's over in Riverdale now. And, um, and to be honest, I really didn't like the kids very much there. <laughs> I, was, I was not, uh, you know, a good-looking, uh, uh, athletic kind of kid. I was kind of overweight, schlumpy, nerdy, kind of typical little Jewish kid. And, um, and uh, you know, after that, uh, my parents took me out, sent me for one year to... Um, uh, a religious school, uh, a yeshiva, which I hated. I absolutely hated. Very orthodox. My father was like really insistent that I go there for this one year. I begged my mom to get me out of there. And then finally um, they took me out and uh, I went to um, a, a public junior high school in Riverdale. Um, however, you know, like most Jewish kids, you know, the bar mitzvah is a big deal. You know, you're 13 years old. Um, it's your quote unquote coming of age relatives come from all over the place give you lots of presents um you know having a bar mitzvah is a big deal and in preparation for that you take classes you know about jewish studies about prayers all this and that and and my father as like i said he was pretty orthodox he was going to he, he'd gotten i think by that point he was already laid off uh by the city so he was retired he decided to take an early retirement he was going to early morning prayers and evening prayers every single day but not just on saturdays not just on the sabbath and so i thought i would try and take this you know bar mitzvah thing seriously and i actually went with him in the mornings and and put on the tefillin and you know for those of you who are jewish you know what that is for those of you who are not um it's those weird things you see in movies these orthodox people wearing like this little black box on top of their head and on their arm has a little scroll in it and i was really trying to take it very seriously but what i saw was a lot of hypocrisy i went to synagogue I saw people driving in Cadillacs to the synagogue on a Saturday when you're not supposed to travel. I mean, my dad, he was, he took stuff seriously. He wasn't being hypocritical about stuff, but everybody else was. And, and you know, the, the, the spirit of, of the religion, to me, from what I saw, it was really gone. I mean, a bunch of old men, and, and not, not all of them, most of them pretty old, and, and when they would pray, they would, instead of praying silently, they would, you know, pray out loud, sometimes very loudly, almost as if they're calling attention to themselves. And that didn't really seem to be very spiritual to me. And And after the bar mitzvah, yeah, it was a great, it was a fun party, but I kind of said, you know what, this, this isn't it. I mean, I don't know what is it, but this definitely isn't it. And so after that, I kind of, I guess you would say came agnostic. You know, I didn't, I didn't disbelieve in God. I just didn't believe in religion. And you know what, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, you'll find out how I first initially got on my spiritual path. After these messages, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183 
That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased you're here with me today. And today I am interviewing me, I'm talking all about sort of my spiritual path and, and what kind of led me to be the conscious consultant. And um, one of the things, uh, so I left off talking about how, you know, I, I got sort of disillusioned with the Jewish faith and, and, and how I saw it being applied and, and just what I felt around it. And, and so from the time I, I got bar mitzvahed, I was like, you know, didn't believe in Judaism. I had friends, you know, I, I made some local friends in the neighborhood who were Catholic and, 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 and from what they told me about the nuns in their parochial school, they didn't sound much better. <laughs> and um, I really just, I just didn't know what to believe in. I just knew like that wasn't it. And, um, and I was in high school and I remember I was a junior in high school and I just, I remember this one afternoon, it must have been a springtime afternoon, it was kind of sunny. And this guy I knew, I played frisbee with him a little bit, he was older brother of one of the guys who was a younger classman than I was, um, said to me, hey, do you believe in reincarnation? I'm like, what the hell is reincarnation? And he had been reading this book on Eastern philosophy and he said, well, you know, reincarnation is like we get to come back and live our life over again. I'm like, huh? And he said, well, kind of think of it like this. You know, Western religions, they kind of, it's kind of they believe it like this. It's like life is like third grade. And you get to take third grade once. And if you pass, you go to heaven. And if you fail, you go to hell. And that's it. Whereas the this idea of reincarnation is you get to take third grade. And if you fail, you take it over again and you take it over again and over again and over again and over again until you pass. And then you go on to fourth grade and then you take fourth grade over and over and over and over and over again until you pass. And then you go on to fifth grade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, huh, wow, that's really interesting. And I thought about it. and I thought, you know what? That's like much more compassionate. And I thought, you know what, if, if we live in a compassionate universe, which is a, is a question, you know, I mean, who's to say? Maybe we don't live in a compassionate universe. But if we live in a compassionate universe, that's a much more compassionate structure or way of being. So I thought, hmm, that made a lot of sense to me. And there was just this kind of like, I don't know, this, this instant recognition that, that it, it really resonated with me. So that was one of these little, like, breadcrumbs and then um that was my junior year. then my senior year some strange things started to happen um I, an old friend of mine from the neighborhood um we got together he, he called me up one day and said hey he saw me like i saw him in school you know we used to hang out in the neighborhood hadn't seen him for a number of years um and he called me up one day and we got together and, and, and we were, went to some place in the neighborhood and we were talking and he started telling me all about how he was a, a witch or I guess technically a warlock, but telling me how he had all these special powers and stuff. And I was like, huh, what? You're crazy. And, and he's like, look, even if you don't believe me, don't tell anyone because there are people watching me, this and that and all this kinds of stuff. And I could tell he was really serious about what he was talking about. Even though I didn't believe him, I, I kind of 
took him seriously because he was serious about it. But I, I, it, you know, I'd known this kid longer than anybody else in, in my life at that time, and and it's like I didn't really know how to process it or what to do with it. So I talked with my girlfriend at the time, and I told her, "Hey, look, just don't tell anyone, you know." But this and that, you know, da da. And she's like, "Oh, he's he's pulling your leg. Oh, he's full of nonsense." And uh, I'm like, look, okay, fine, you don't believe, just don't say anything to anybody because I'm the only one he's told. And if you start telling people, he'll know I told you. Well, unfortunately, my girlfriend at the time did not have, uh, uh, (laughs) was not good at keeping secrets and started spreading the word around. And, of course, eventually it got back to me. And he, he, he called me up and get together and said, you told someone, didn't you? I said, uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I only told Perry, but I told him not to tell anyone. And and he was like, look, you know, this is serious. Like, people can't know this. There could be a problem. And and it was evening time, and we were, you know, a few blocks away out. And he said, look, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have any control over it. And he said, but I have a really bad feeling. And he said, be very careful when you're crossing the street going home tonight. I'm like, huh? He said, just, just humor me, you know, be careful that I, I have a bad feeling. I was like, okay. And, and, you know, again, he was like really serious. I don't know. Maybe he was just a really good actor at a young age. And uh, I kind of walked home and I was kind of nervous and I was like constantly looking at the cars and stuff. Got home, no incident, no problem. I thought, oh, he's just trying to scare me. Next day I go into school. I don't, I, I, I don't bump into my girlfriend. Next, I think that was like a Thursday or something or a Friday, you know, weekend comes around. Um, the following week, Monday, I still don't see my girlfriend anywhere. I usually, you know, bump into her here and there. I see her sister, who, a younger sister. And, and I asked her, I said, hey, you know, what happened? I haven't seen Perry all day. And she was like, oh, you didn't hear? I go, hear what? She got hit by a car crossing the street. I was like, what? Yeah, she said it was really weird. It was like broad daylight, and she was crossing the crosswalk, and some taxi cab hit her. She goes, she okay? She says, yeah, yeah, she's okay. She's got a little bit of whiplash. She had to wear one of those funny funny collars for a while. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to my girlfriend about it, and I was like, you know, please, I know you didn't take me seriously about my friend, but, like, don't don't say those things anymore. I don't want anything else bad to happen to you. And, of course, she kind of brushed it off and stuff, but... You know, and then there were some other little things. There was an incident where he actually, like, read my mind. Like, something somebody told me who I promised not to tell him. I told him I couldn't tell him. He looked in my eyes and he, like, knew instantly what it was that I wanted to convey to him, but I didn't tell him. And so it's like I had enough of these little incidences that made me realize that you know what, there is something more to this physical universe. Not all these things can be explained by, uh, at the time, what I knew of science and what could be explained by sort of the traditional model of the way we think the world is. So it kind of opened me up. Now, again, I said I, I was open. I didn't know what was true. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew there would had to be something more than just the the what we're typically taught or, or brought up in. And then uh, I went to college. And college was a very interesting experience for me. I ended up going to this engineering school for one year, which, which really actually wasn't my first choice in colleges. Um, but they gave me a partial scholarship, partial st- grant, partial loan, so that pretty much my parents didn't have to pay any tuition for the first year. They only had to pay room and board. Um, and, and I really didn't want to go there, but, you know, I talked to like the only teacher in school who, uh, I had any, um, respect for and I asked him, look, I really want to go to this school. They accepted me, but then this school I got this from, and I know I won't hear the end of my mom from my mom and my parents that I turned down the scholarship, whatever. He's like, Oh no, no, no. Go to that school. It's a much better school, much better school. And and maybe it was, but in my opinion, it wasn't. They ran the school like a, like a business, and they basically just tried to get in a bunch of freshmen, failed out half the class, regardless of what your academic status was. It was just like there was this 
50% cutoff, and everyone below the 50%, that's it, you were kicked out, which to me, I don't know, didn't, didn't seem like a real academic environment. Anyway, but the significant thing about this school is I met a whole bunch of very different kind of people. Um, I, I met some people who um, were into things, role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons, science fiction, uh, hackers at the time, you know, before people have ever heard of the term hacker. And then I met this this one person who, who was kind of odd, and they called him the droid, and and he was really kind of off and he had gone to the school a couple of years before but had left and now was going to a different school but lived in the area and and with a couple of people and and so weird about this school there's like all these kids like even after they left the school or failed out they still kind of hung out there so um i met him and 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 i didn't really judge him i mean i could tell like the other kids they they kind of looked down upon him or teased him and they didn't really um uh, uh, treat him very well but i just listened to him and and he was very very smart and he you know had this whole uh science fiction world inside his head that he'd never written down and and really very intricate stories had had a, a difficult life of his own life um and uh we kind of became friends and 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 after a few months uh we uh um he, he he was you know taking these classes at, at another college in in New Jersey, met some other people, and and had sort of this instant connection, and and started sort of uh, through his friends getting into sort of the mystical kinds of stuff, and um, uh, and, and as we were uh, you know things kind of developed in this, uh, you know what would happen is he'd, he'd show up every like weekend I'd hang out and with him and, and he'd talk about how he went into the bookstore at the at the college and like every Friday like some book would like fall off the shelf at him and it would be maybe about mysticism, Gnosticism, uh, ascended masters, spirituality, just all kinds of stuff. Uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet and and Saint Germain and, and just all these characters and, and I and I sort of got drawn into this very spiritual world that at the time I, I knew nothing about and just sort of took things at, at as they came. And, and this one, these two friends that he met, one of them was a woman, one was a guy and the guy had like learned a little bit about hypnosis and had, had tried to do hypnotic regression on this, this one girl who, who, who he was friends with and she remembered this lifetime when she was an oracle at Delphi. And then after she came back out of this session, about a week later or so, she spontaneously started to channel. And at this time, you know, people didn't know what channels were. You know, I, I didn't know what a channel was. Um, but it was very something very, very new to me. So I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger. So uh, let's go to break because it's time to take a commercial break. And when we come back, I'll talk about what happened sort of on this path and, and sort of how things don't always turn out the way we expect. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And we will be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you.
I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. People don't understand people like me, and that's really how I felt um, uh, at that time in my life. During when I was in college and just after college, and I was going through this, you know, rather spiritual experience with my friends, and and I, I you know, the couple of friends that I shared this with, they all thought I was crazy. Um, you know, uh, at one time I, I tried to share something with my family. My mom thought I was a member of a cult. Uh, she, even, she even was going to get a deprogrammer after me. It was a very rough, rough time, uh, especially, um, you know, as the experience continued. And, and I learned a tremendous amount during this time. I mean, uh, uh, my friend was sort of driven to understand what was going on. Um, you know, not just with us personally, but like, how could this be? And, 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 you know, how, how, how do we deal with sort of spirituality and what was the truth? What was the real truth underneath all of this? And so he, he, he began what he called the research and, and just looking for all kinds of books and uh, encyclopedias and, and everything about, you know, the spiritual experience, about, you know, mystical traditions, about, you know, secret societies, about all of this stuff, really trying to understand. And, if, and what would happen is, you know, he'd, he'd do a bunch of research. I would see him in the evenings or on weekends. And then he, he would, you know, he very much needed to share as a way of helping him to process. And at the time, I, I wouldn't have called it processing, but, you know, as a way for him to cope with stuff. And, and so just by, by, by hanging out with him, I learned so, so much. I learned, you know, as my first exposure to the Seth material, um, which for those of you who don't know this, the, the Jane Roberts who channeled this entity called Seth was the was sort of the forerunner to Abraham and Esther Hicks. Um, and, and, and all these kinds of, of, of very strange things going on at the time. And this is in, you know, the early 80s. And, and at that time, all this stuff was very much fringe. I mean, nowadays, you know, it, it's much easier to find information in people around all this stuff. I mean, you just go on YouTube, you you, you go on the web, you could do a search, you could find all kinds of things. But back then you didn't. I mean, back then the only way you find stuff was by going to bookstores and, and esoteric bookstores. I mean, this is when Weiser's was still a bookstore in New York City and there was this uh, uh, fun little store called The Magical Child, which uh, I discovered, which wasn't that that wonderful a place. But, uh, you know, so it was a time where I learned a tremendous amount. But also my friend started exhibiting symptoms of uh, of mental illness and and we really didn't know what was going on with him 
um, because he was so bright, but he was still having a hard time, and, and he was very, very sensitive, and he could sense negative energy from people like, uh, uh, um, you know, like... like uh, uh, like someone who like could sense a feather on their skin, but it would be like a bolt of lightning. Um, he was very, very strong, so and, and very, very sensitive in this way, and it made um, the experience kind of difficult. Until one day, again, one of his friends who, who, who was going to the same college brought home a, a psychology book, and he happened to be skimming through it and reading it. And I mean, this guy, he was so smart. He could read like these thick college textbooks, you know, like they were like romance paperback novels. I mean, he was amazing. I mean, he was probably the smartest person I've ever known personally. And, and then he came upon the section around schizophrenia and, um, he started reading like what are all the classic symptoms of schizophrenia and then he realized oh my god that he was schizophrenic which looking back at things is not overly surprising he was in his early 20s as we all were which is usually when the onset was his mother was an alcoholic his mother had just passed away in the middle of all of this and um, you know it's when there's some great stress and 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 having had that kind of um, mixed signals being brought up. His, his father really liked him. His mother thought he was a genius, but also berated him at the same time. And this is sort of one of the things that really is is a indicator of of the potential. You know, if you have that genetic tendency of of schizophrenia, sometimes happening, it's when you get these very strong mixed signals as a child. Um, and so. Um, when we realized that, so we're trying to do stuff to help them, but you know, we were all kids at the time. We were all immature and, and, and really, you know, he refused to go see a regular therapist or psychiatrist, didn't want to get put on drugs, didn't want to get into turn some into something that he was not. And, and, you know, none of us were really mainstream people. None of us really believed in the mainstream way. So we all kind of supported him that way. And, and I really supported him in, in many, many ways for many years until, and to the point where even I, I, uh, as I mentioned, you know, my, my mom started to freak out and, and was worried as joined a cult. So I ended up moving out of the house and moving in with him and his friend and um, really ended up sort of isolating myself very much. But what happened over time is he didn't get better. He got worse and he got worse and he got worse. And it became more, much more difficult for me to deal with until things got to the point where I, I started to feel like I was on the edge of my own sanity starting to slip. And that's when I realized I had to get myself out of this situation. I mean, I'd made a commitment to support him and help him until he got better. But, and I, and I couldn't, uh, I, I mean, just my conscience wouldn't allow me to just stop supporting him and just run away. I, I couldn't do that. Um, so I had to find a way to sort of gently get out of this situation. And it took a number of years and eventually I moved out and 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 started to extricate myself from the situation and it was very very difficult for me and it was very difficult for a number of reasons not the least of which was because i had told all my friends and told people all about this and i so believed in the experience and this phenomena that was happening that it, it was hard to go back and admit to people okay maybe i was wrong um, even though inside I felt like the rug had been pulled out from underneath me. It's kind of like, and I don't know how many of you have, have ever had this experience, but when you believe in something so strongly, whether it's another person, an experience, or you just, you believe you know the truth about the universe, about creation, about how all this stuff got started and, and, and why it is the way it is, and then all of a sudden things fall apart around you, it makes you doubt everything. It's like your whole reference frame for living, you know, gets pulled out from underneath you. And it's very unnerving and, and very difficult to navigate. So once I kind of extricated myself, I really, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to believe in. 
I would say I just kind of floated and drifted and coasted. I, I felt like, you know, a ship without a, an engine and I was just being tossed by the waves. And, you know, yeah, I survived. I mean, I'm Jewish. Jews, Jews are survivors. <laughs> if anything else, Jews are survivors. We survive everything. And I really just threw myself into business. Uh, I, I really just focused on the material side of things, became a consultant, started a business with a friend, um, and, and just did, did different businesses and really just kind of focused on that aspect of my life until uh, I, I met this, this woman and we started going out and she was a real healer for me. Um, and I don't really know how I can describe how she healed me but she was like the first person that I opened up to about what had happened. Uh, afterwards, it was a number of years later after I'd already extricated myself from the situation. And, and lots of things happened in between. I'm really kind of giving you guys the, the Cliff Notes version of, of my spiritual path. I'm not really giving you the real in-depth version. But just her listening and talking to me and and her 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 presence... And, and her reassurance and her support, her moral support of me meant so, so, so much to me. And, and it really was, it was just the beginning, but it was such an important beginning. And it really, you know, helped me to, to start to come to terms with things. And, and it, like I said, it was only a beginning and that was probably... 20 years ago oh my god that long ago yeah about between 15 and 20 years ago keep in mind at this time um, again i was not on a spiritual path she was not what i would necessarily call a spiritual person though she had herself had had her own experience in her life but again was kind of just you know believed in being a good person and 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 that and and that was you know her religion so it was um a difficult time for me and and she really helped me to get through it and uh you know what i'm gonna go out to break a little bit early and when we come back we'll kind of talk about how i got put back on my spiritual path and how the universe as i tend to always say will have its way with you whether you want it to or not so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be back in just a moment you are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. 
Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. In my heart, I'm so grateful for my choices. But in my head, sometimes I wish there were not so many fucking voices. There's a voice that says I got to be myself And then another voice says I'm just like everybody else And then a third voice says Hey listen, who the hell knows Ah, that guitar man, David Ippolito, who the hell knows? It's, believe me, you have no idea how much of my life I felt like that. Who the hell knows? Um, and really, that's one of the, I guess, one of the big lessons for me over my life um, is, to, uh, is to really be open and question. You know, because sometimes... Uh, uh, you know, we, we think we know, we think we know what's going on and we really don't. Really, this was where I was in life. Now, a- after, um, as I mentioned before in the last segment about, you know, this woman I started going out with and we were together for six years. It was the longest relationship we had ever had, I had ever had up until that point. We did eventually end up breaking up and about a year later I met the woman who became my wife who was a therapist, of all things. Um, and because of her, and, and again, it was kind of, a, again, a little bit of a twisty-turny path, but because of her, I, I, of her encouragement, I kind of got into real estate. And, and, and I have to, like, really say, talk about this, because people think, like, how did I get to do what I'm doing when the last thing I was doing was real estate? And so there... Although, you know, real estate wasn't very kind to me in many ways, it was actually very, very significant for me because getting into real estate and not really knowing much about real estate got me to start networking tremendously at a time before networking was really, really popular in Manhattan. This was, you know, 10 years ago, probably. Yeah, about nine, 10 years ago. Um and, 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 you know, just networking has exploded here in New York City since then, and I've really seen the growth. But at the time, you know, it wasn't quite so much. And, and you know, I joined these different real estate investment groups and networking groups. I even helped to co-organize a, a real estate investing meetup group that was like the largest meetup group in New York City at the time. And sort of through networking and meeting really nice, interesting people, it kind of People, you know, somebody gave me a ticket to this um, thing called the Millionaire Mind Intensive, this, this this weekend workshop that T. Harv Eker used to do. Um, I think he sold his business. And, and, and it was, you know, all about your mindset and, you know, it was kind of personal development stuff. And, and I had actually read a lot of personal development books back when I was in college. And that was part of what sort of, I think, helped me to get through the really tough times in my life and get through the really difficult stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember, like. Yeah, I should get back into this stuff. And so I started looking for, you know, my old books and some recordings and downloaded some stuff. And, and my wife, you know, she was from China. She never heard of any of this stuff. And eventually I even played some Tony Robbins tapes for her. And she really kind of liked his stuff. And um, I, I found this sort of local group that uh, were people who had gone to personal development seminars who would get together once a month and just to kind of remind each other. And, it, and the group still goes on. It's called the New York Power Team. And, and so we'd get together once a month and kind of remind ourselves of the things we learned in these seminars that, uh, you know, we still need to apply in our daily lives. And what would happen is at these meetings, they started to have people come in who would do presentations for some workshop that they were going to be doing like the following weekend and, you know, trying to get people to come to their workshop. And so these healers would come and talk about these different methods, the uh, Sedona method, the journey, you know, all these different things that for me were relatively new at the time. 
And I'd come, I'd, you know, the guy would do some kind of little intro. I'd be like all keyed up. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And then I come home at night and I tell my wife about it. I'm like, oh, and they're doing this like workshop this weekend. You want to go to the workshop? And she was being a therapist. She was fairly open. So we'd go to these workshops. And, and I started going to these workshops, not to how to learn to become a healer, but for my own healing. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I started taking more and more of these classes. And um, eventually, uh, you know, went to this Tony Robbins to date with destiny, which is a big six week um, uh, uh, program that he does. And he had these people who were who did this thing called a Diksha, uh, sort of a, an energy blessing uh, from this group called the Oneness University. Um, and. And I remembered how, like, you know, we went to this, the six-day event, and, and he had them do it uh, a couple of times, two or three times during the six days, but there were, like, 2,500 people there, and they had only maybe a dozen blessing givers. So they said, look, you may not feel anything. You may not, you know, someone might not come around when we do this, you know, because they had us close their eyes, but, you know, you're going to get it. And, and so both me and my wife, like, after each time said, did you feel someone touch your head? No, I didn't feel someone touch you. Did you feel? No, I didn't. So we both like throughout the whole thing didn't get felt like we didn't get a blessing. But the last day after everything was over, we're walking out of the hotel and there was this room that there was a sign in front of it that said meditation and all these shoes out in front of the room. And my wife, being the curious person that she is, opens up the door, peeks inside and sees all the blessing givers giving people blessings. She's like, oh, the blessing givers are in here. I'm like, oh, okay. So we take our shoes off. We go inside and and, and we sit down and we get a ton of blessings from them. And for me... First, as soon as I walked into the room, the energy was so thick, I felt like I could cut it with a knife. And I hadn't felt energy like that since I was a kid in college when, when all the strange stuff started happening. And, and, and when I got the blessings, it was almost like an out-of-body experience. It was so strong to me. And, and then later on, um, when we came back and I talked to some other friends, then I found out that what that room was for was actually for the volunteers who had been working during the thing. And like they were getting the blessings and, and, and we had no clue and nobody said anything. So well, I guess it was just meant to be. So one thing led to another. Then I took a class on Reiki that really opened me up. I got my Reiki attunements and I, then I took this workshop where the you know in these these healing workshops that I was taking like it was the formats were pretty much the same they kind of give you some background on whatever process was they teach you how to do the process and then they pair you up and you process on each other and so this one workshop I went to the, the gentleman who did it he was an amazing 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 healer but a lousy 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 teacher <laughs> but because I'd been working so much on my intuition I felt like I kind of got what he was talking about and I was really anxious to try it out and the second day after lunch they come back and said okay we'd like some volunteers to come up someone who f- would like to be worked on and someone who would like to try doing the method on them so this woman volunteers to be worked on and she said my lungs are all congested I feel like I'm coming down with the flu. I really would love for someone to work on me. And I was dying to try this out. So I'm in the back of the room and I'm raising my hand. I get picked on. I come up and I work on her five minutes, maybe 10 minutes tops. And I'm really nervous. I'm like, so uh, how do you feel? She looks at me with these big eyes and goes, oh my God, I can breathe. And I'm like, oh, well, that's good. And she goes, no, 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 no. Listen. And she takes this deep breath. <sighs> You hear that? My lungs are clear. I go, wow, that's great. She goes, no, 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 you don't understand. I haven't been able to breathe. I've had chronic bronchitis since I was six years old in South Africa. I haven't been able to breathe like this since I was a little kid. And then I I was floored. And then I got it. Like, I could actually help people with this. Like, I can do energy work. I can use my intuition. I can, like, actually do stuff to help people. And that night I came back and I talked with my wife about it. And I was like... I've got to do something with this. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know how, but you know, there's got to be a way for me to to create a, a business, a practice, or something out of it. And we were talking, and in talking, I kind of the idea came to me that because before then, I considered myself like a business consultant. Started many businesses. I started coaching people, and I realized, you know what? I'm still a consultant. I'm just a consultant of a different kind. And that's when the idea of the conscious consultant was born. And so. Uh, 
that that really kind of started me on that path of you know that the stuff was not just for my own healing but for helping me to heal others and yeah there was there was a lot of stuff going on afterwards and and i was taking classes and meeting lots of spiritual teachers and then somebody introduced me to this acupuncturist who decided to become a buddhist monk and was selling off his business who was Giorgio Rapetti, who is the gentleman who started this radio station and, and whose acupuncture practice we ended up taking over and turned into Double Diamond Wellness. And really, we, um, we really, you know, the universe just works in amazing, amazing ways. And, and four and a half years ago, Double Diamond Wellness was founded. The, the talking alternative we took over and I started doing this broadcast in may of of 2010 and and through doing this show i have met so many amazing people different healers and teachers i've learned and experienced so much that i've really come to understand that you know just when we think we have it all figured out we realize that probably ain't it and and if there's one thing i can impart to everyone it's that you need to stay open. And yes, you may find things that are special and different and you think you really know it and you've got it, but you've got to stay open because there are always more levels of understanding, more levels of, of getting uh, to, to the truth and getting to the core of who we are and what we are and why we're here. And so I'm going to leave you with that for now. Um, I hope you have enjoyed it. This has been a very personal show for me and not necessarily an easy one because I'm putting it out there for the universe and, and, and to everybody around the world because I know we have listeners from all over the place and the show is going to get rerun and reheard multiple times. Um, so I, I hope that you can take something, learn something from my story. And if you want to hear more about it, want to hear some more of the details, feel free to email me, sam at theconsciousconsultant.com. Ask me your questions and I will answer them on the air. So now please stay tuned. We're going to go from the very esoteric and spiritual to the very mundane and practical with 21st Century Entrepreneur with J.C. Maldonado, followed by Tony Martinetti with Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Thank you so much for being our loyal listeners. We will talk to you next week. Here's a little song I wrote You might want to sing it note for note Don't worry Be happy In every life we have some trouble But when you worry you make it double Don't worry Be happy Don't worry, be happy now Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com.
Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.